This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Tonic. Heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. When we go through some struggles, sometimes we tend to hurt ourselves and others. And if you can be very kind to yourself, and if you can really care for yourself now, and then through the acknowledgement, recognition, recognizing your own personal struggles, then you would be able to release all your negativities. Welcome to the new and improved 60-minute version of The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. On today's show, we're going to discuss the natural treatment of pain and inflammation. Also, how to build a kindful nation, and then hydration. And lastly, revisiting a lost passion. But first, a little bit of business. Support for today's show comes from Purica. Inspired by nature and backed by science, Purica creates new horizons in health and wellness by empowering you with the finest whole foods, supplements, and lifestyle solutions. The Purica vision is a world where you achieve your fullest potential in every aspect of life, work, and play. Purica products are inspired by nature and are all vegan, non-GMO, and gluten-free. Purica, a winner of Science and Technology Awards for Innovation, is Canadian-owned and Canadian-operated and proud to serve the world around us. Purica natural supplements are also backed by Science and Health Canada approved. Studied, tested, validated. Purica. Our first guest is Tanya Ritko. She's a registered holistic nutritionist and a strong advocate of a balanced, integrative approach to health. Tanya's core interests include stress management and optimizing immunity. She represents Purica, a complete wellness company, as director of education. As a new mother, her passion for plant-based whole food nutrition has only increased, especially around natural supplements designed to enhance immunity for family members of all ages. She can be reached at tanya at purica.com. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jamie, for having me here. It's great. Today we're going to talk about inflammation, right? That's right. We hear about that almost every day. What is inflammation and why does it cause pain? Inflammation is actually a very healthy response of our body's immune system. It's our defense mechanism to protect our body from injury or infection, trauma, bacteria that could harm us. It's really um, you know, necessary for us to heal. Without it, we wouldn't heal, so it's, we need it. But it's when it becomes more of a chronic issue that that's when we start getting difficulty. But... If we get a cut, we get that uh, blood flow to that area of inflammation. That's where we get the redness and the heat. And then there's the permeability of the blood vessels and the flow of fluid and proteins and white blood cells. And that's where we get the swelling. And that swelling is where we often are associated with pain. You know, swelling against the nerve endings, causing pain you know, associated with that inflammation. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there's so many inflammation of all different kinds. of injury, but there's, there's so many other things that inflammation response in the body to. So give us some examples of other types of inflammation. Well, there's anything from injury or surgery, but even if you've gone to the gym and you're over, you've worked out really hard or those weekend warriors. Oh, yes. Or you know, there's a lot of people, those weekend warriors. Sickness, if we're feeling sick, with stress, infection. Uh, inflammation can be so many different factors and so many conditions. But uh, anything with itis, if you think of anything uh, with itis at the end of it, more serious conditions like you know rheumatoid arthritis where it's inflammation of the joints, 
getting bronchitis, that's inflammation of the, the lungs. Colitis, yeah, ileitis, yeah. Exactly. So anything, that's pretty well an inflammation. It's a, an inflammation issue. Huh, okay. So uh, you said that inflammation is the body's natural response to injury. When does it become a problem? So, yeah, when it becomes a problem, is it's just like when we talked about stress before, it's, it's not a problem until it becomes protracted or chronic. Uh, and so with stress, the same, same situation with inflammation. The example of an injury is, you know, if we're not healing up, we're going to have more scar tissue and weakness in that area. We're not getting blood flow. There's, there's more problems with mobility. Unfortunately, inside, we see something on the outside of our body quite, you know, if we get an injury, we see that. But there's right. things sometimes going on the inside. So, for instance, in the case of arthritis, uh, when inflammation's out of control, you're wearing down your joints. And then it can also, all these inflammation issues that we have or either we see on the outside or we don't see can lead to much bigger issues. Uh, of course, autoimmune, which is arthritis, is um, one of those. It's, uh, you know, those become more issues if we don't get that inflammation under control. I see. And there are things that, that can impact on inflammation that aren't necessarily related to an injury. For example, stress, right? Yes. Stress is a huge one. Stress, uh, I mean, we've talked about stress as so many right. factors on things. But if we don't, I think with stress also, too, is uh, oftentimes when we're stressed, there's a couple parts to it. Like stress, we don't always make the wisest dietary choices or choices in life sometimes. Oh, when yes. Stress. I think everyone can relate to that at Emo- some point when they've been stressed. Emotional eating. Uh, yeah, exactly. Eating those comfort foods. Yeah. And then also when we're stressed or we're worried or whatever's going on, uh, you know, our sleep is affected, which is really yep. crucial to our healing process, which is why after surgery they tell you to rest. Yeah. You know, cortisol levels. Also, of course, if we're constantly stressed, it's like having our on our car, the gas constantly running. Basically, you're tapping out your adrenals. You're in that fight-or-flight response. Right. So you keep that. And then that uh, repeated elevated cortisol levels can create an imbalance because our cortisol is what actually helps moderate inflammation. So if that's being impeded on, then that's going to cause, cause issues. So we want to naturally decrease that inflammation and minimize stress is kind of the key. Okay, so one of the ways that we can, you know, cut down on the chronic inflammation uh, is through diet, right? Diet is definitely a good start for sure because uh, like an anti-inflammatory, sort of looking at anti-inflammatory diet kind of thing. Right. Mediterranean-style diet is often, it's always people talk about Mediterranean-style diet as being healthy because they have the... Your fruits and your vegetables, your green leafy, you know, vegetables, things like that. The antioxidants found in foods, so all these bright colored fruits and vegetables, great to get some of those in because if we have antioxidants, they help protect ourselves from free radical damage, right. so that's good. Helps reduce inflammation. Plus, it's also easier on our digestion. So actually, getting those antioxidants, minerals, and essential fatty acids also can be, you know, helpful too, getting the omega-3s in there. Okay, so eating healthy is going to help us just generally. Are there there any foods that are considered to be, you know, specifically and particularly good as anti-inflammatories, like like curcumin, right? Like like um, definitely like turmeric. Curcumin is the active compound in turmeric. That's been excellent. Lots of you know research on that. Uh, there's BDMC is an acronym for a very concentrated form of curcumin. It's a very powerful anti-inflammatory and also antioxidant, which if we get that through our food as well, they're going to help fight that uh, free radical and help, you know, help reduce inflammation. So that one's great. Also incorporating, you know, celery is underrated vegetable. Well, in <laughs> general it is, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's the sad sack of our vegetables, I it think. It kind of doesn't sound so interesting, but it's got so many benefits, yes. 
But in our gut health, we were talking about gut health. You yeah. know, for 70% of our immune system resides in our gastrointestinal tract, and, and so inflammation associated with the immune response, so really important are taking care of our, our, our gut and having that, uh, the, you know, having everything working right is really important for everything we take in. Okay, and, and I know one of the areas, you, you know, your, your expertise is in is in supplementation as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we're not getting everything we can from our foods, what is it that we might take that might help with, with as an anti-inflammatory? So, you know, like the one we, we talked about, curcumin, which is, you know, the really uh, concentrated form of powerful antioxidant anti-inflammatory. So one thing is reducing our inflammation, which is always important, but also things that are going to heal those tissues and heal that. That's why if we are just taking, like, for instance, we're just taking, you know, over the counter, we're taking sort of a, an anti-inflammatory that's, it's sort of blunts our inflammation response, but we're not healing those damaged tissues. Right. Okay. And really hard on the stomach. So something that actually helps target the root cause the pain, inhibit the damage to the cells, and relax the tension. Formulation with glucosamine, hydrochloride, MSM, which is natural occurring sulfur, hyaluronic acid, magnesium, like a combination that actually helps both address the inflammation, but also help with tissue repair. Because if we're, we want to help with our healing process and be able to stop the damage to begin with and also heal the damage that exists. So, well, that uh, that yeah. would be helpful. Like, so, for example, I'm, I'm taking weight training classes, and the whole idea mm-hmm. in building muscle is, you know, you tear down the muscle and then it builds back up, right? Yeah, exactly. Which, so being able to heal those tissues. And, and if you're feeling sore for, like, you know, generally you're going to feel sore for, for a little bit, but if it's, like, prolonged, then that inflammatory response isn't good even working out if you're doing that and you're not getting, you know, if you're not healing up, if it's lasting too long, then that's, that's not good. You want to be able to work out and heal. You're going to have better results, of course, too. Are there other supplements that you would recommend? You know, I, I would focus on, I mean, there's the, the focus on anything with antioxidants, really antioxidant-rich, so supplements for the the curcumin, of course, and tissue building; those would be those would be really key. Magnesium, we've talked about before, because I think managing your stress is so important. Right. When it talks about anti-inflammatory, so magnesium is you know discussed how that, it's that's important. the calming supplement, right? And it the helps calming, so helps really, you with sleep, etc. Right? Exactly. So being able to really, really calm and and be able to to deal with our stress is so important and and hydration and also taking our supplements or taking our food and everything if we you know we're not hydrating properly that's that's really important for eating toxins and i think it's one of the area that especially if you're you're working out or just to make sure that we're we're really well hydrated is going to going to go a long ways so what happens if we don't deal with this constant chronic pain it impacts us in all sorts of different ways, right? Like it, it can impact our brain health. Yeah, it actually can affect our memory because it, it actually affects, you know, we're constantly in that fight or flight response. So our adrenals are getting tapped out, but we're also in this hyperactive nervous state or panic mode where our bodies are overwhelmed. So actually, in a, it has been... Um, you know, talk about depression and anxiety just basically because if you're constantly in pain and you're constantly having this, these pain signals, uh, they can actually, you know, affect your overall mood. So it helps our hippocampus. It affects you know, our learning and our memory. And so that can be affected. So if we're finding if you're in a lot of pain or someone's experiencing a lot of pain, it's not unusual that your, your, your memory's not going to be as sharp, you know, you're, and, and that you might feel a bit, might feel down. So trying to mitigate that pain, but sometimes working through that, a lot of times breathing and uh, diaphragmatic breathing and working through and helping with this chronic pain by reducing the inflammation and stress reduction. And of course, when you're in pain, sometimes you're not sleeping as well. So right. that's, can affect your overall state, your healing, and also 
impact your brain as well, of course. Right, and then once it, once it becomes a an emotional or psychological issue, then you know it can impact your diet. It impacts yeah. sort of your sex life. Uh, it, it really ties into everything, so, so it's imp- it's important to sort of nip it in the proverbial bud, and and you know, mm-hmm. so if you're feeling these pains, you know, it's not something to ignore. And we sometimes wake up and we think sometimes these aches and pains, and that you sort of become the new norm. Sometimes even the low grade. A lot of times we don't deal with things unless it's like you feel, okay, I'm in extreme pain, now I'm going to deal with it, where then there's more damage. But sometimes this low-grade fee where you're just waking up and you're feeling achy, sometimes it may mean... Welcome to my world. I, yeah. I like, you know, I, yeah. I, I exercise a lot, and, and and part of it, you know, is is the pain that comes from sort of overworking your joints. But then at, right. at some at some point, you have to wonder, uh, what's the payoff? You know, you're working out, mm-hmm. but if your knees clicky in the morning, for example, uh, you know, and you need to sort of walk for a bit before you get a normal feeling, then something's wrong. Something needs to be addressed. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes the, that is if you're doing extra, like that's why supplementation can help because you're sort of healing those tissues yep. and help with that. Sometimes our dietary choices, if we're feeling really achy and that, sometimes it's good to look if we have an allergy, yep. like whether we need to maybe cut out eggs, milk, or, you know, uh, some eggs and dairy and gluten. Sometimes, you know, cutting those out till we sort of have our gut healed just to see how we, how that impacts us. So yeah, no, I was just thinking, like. yeah, you know, talk show host, heal thyself, you know, like I'm, I'm here I am, here I am on air complaining about my wonky knee when really, you know, you, you've just given me, what, eight or nine good ideas on, on perhaps how to deal with that. What other lifestyle solutions are there if, if we're experiencing pain or if we want to manage pain? You know, I think that the big thing is, of course, the stress, we always talk about that, but I mean, I, I, I really think, I know I was talking about breathing, but it really just breathing is huge i don't think we breathe enough sometimes in diaphragmatic breathing just actually learning to slow down recognizing some of our stress triggers some some of those things i mean that some of the things that we can control along with all the other things we talked about and making sure we're protecting our sleep i think whether just all that good sleep hygiene of not you know turning off our phones making sure that we're there and getting moving movement body movement just i think really being self-aware is going to make a big you know makes a big difference to managing pain there's one that i don't do enough that i think is really important and, and i'm going to start adding it into my regimen and that is stretching and i don't mean yeah. like immediately after yeah, yeah. you know i've done my weight training or my you know interval training it's the kind of thing you can do in the morning or it's the kind of thing True. you can do at the end of the day with a roller it's almost like a self massage and Great. you know just sort of Working on the stiff parts or, you know, getting the blood flow to areas where it may not be, I, I think can be crucial as well. I think you're right. You know, we just expect our body, we sort of treat it like, you know, these machines that are supposed to do everything and we don't sort of like, okay, well, let's stretch them out, do some maintenance on ourselves. And yeah, that's, uh, those are, are definitely, definitely key. I mean, and, and sometimes, you know, just even if you can't do a lot, um, you know, sometimes it's like all or nothing. I think just sort of Letting go of all or nothing and doing what you can no, absolutely. when you let go of, you know. We literally can't do everything, but every little bit that you do helps. And every bit. You, you, yeah. t- you, were, you were, you know, sort of making the analogy that we're like machines. I kind of like, I, I look at my body as like, like a car, a late model car, <laughs> and I'm not under warranty anymore. So I'm going to have to do that regular maintenance, the oil changes, the tire yeah, changes, yeah. you know, nurse it along. Maybe not drive as as fast on the highway anymore yeah. if I want to get more mileage out of it. So that's sort of my make approach. You, make yourself a good vintage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's so key. And I mean, I think sometimes if you can't do everything, go for a walk. You can walk off stress. You know, just doing those things, those simple things that getting back to the basics, just hydrating, having that water in the morning with some lemon. I mean, sometimes it sounds so simple, but it's actually about, it's really about consistency and how we do these things every single day. When we let everything go, our exercise, our sleep, or just, you know, our stress is out of control. I mean, of course, we're going to start breaking down, and then that's going to be not going to help with any anything or anything existing going on in our body or is just going to perpetuate it. So that's a big, big thing. Fantastic. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks again, Jamie. We'll hear back from you next month. We've got to take a short break. When we return, we're going to learn how lifestyle changes might prevent dementia on The Tonic. The Benvenuto Group is an owner and developer of quality high-rise condominium and rental properties in Toronto and Montreal. The Benvenuto team is passionate about delivering quality living spaces, top lifestyle amenities, important services, and innovative design tailored specifically to its residents in every particular submarket. The Benvenuto Group seeks out the finest urban neighborhoods and designs projects to allow its residents to enjoy the benefits of both their property and the exceptional locations that they become a part of. The team surrounds itself with leading professionals and consultants and pushes them to conceive great places to live, to work, and to play. The Benvenuto Group is currently designing several new projects in Toronto, Montreal, and Chicago that will not only become exceptional places to live as an owner or as a renter, but that will deliver some of the highest levels of sustainability, energy efficiency, and comfort, and will set the standard for informed residents. For more information, please visit thebenvenuto.com. Do you live your life on autopilot, not really living in the moment? Maybe what you really need is a healthy dose of mindfulness. If you're interested in learning about mindfulness or mental health but don't know where to begin, allow Bonte, the urban Buddhist monk, and his team of inspirational speakers to teach you at the second annual Canada Mindful Symposium on September 22nd at the International Centre. Visit canadaamindfulnation.ca to buy your tickets today. Use promo code ZOOMER to save $5 on general admission. Hope to see you there. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. For two decades, my next guest, the urban Buddhist monk, Bhante Saranapala, has been teaching mindfulness and Vipassana meditation in the GTA and across North America. He currently conducts meditation classes on Wednesdays and Sundays and conducts mindfulness and Vipassana meditation retreats at the West End Buddhist Temple and Meditation Centre in Mississauga. Bonte is a recipient of the Spirit Award from the Government of Ontario for his humanitarian services. He has conducted meditation retreats to the city councillors in Mississauga, Brampton, Toronto, the Peel Region, and the Toronto District School Board principals. He is one of the most sought-after speakers on Buddhism. But today, Bonte is here to discuss his efforts to create a kindful nation in Canada. Welcome to the show, sir. Oh, thank you, Jamie. You have this new concept. You're working from ancient concepts, but you've come up with this new idea, yeah. and it's exciting. And I, wa- I thought our listeners would really love to hear about it today. So let's start with, what does it mean to be kindful? This word, kindfulness, is coming from two words, mindfulness and kindness. During difficult time, see if you can be mindful or to remember or to remind yourself to be kind to yourself. We all have personal struggles. Because of this, we suffer from mental issues like depression, stress, anxieties, PTSD, etc. From my own experience of doing counseling sessions and teaching meditation to the public, I was able to help many overcome 
their own personal struggles. Mindfulness is a technique that focuses one's awareness on the present moment by acknowledging bodily sensations, thoughts, and breathing patterns. You do this by fully embracing yourself with kindness and compassion. You completely care for yourself now to release whatever negativities you're going through. Through the mindfulness is the awareness of inner transformation we are bringing to the public that all personal and social problems can be eliminated simply by changing negative mind to a positive one. This can be achieved by planting the seeds of mindfulness, kindness, and good values in every individual, irrespective of ethnic and religious background. On a practical level, though, what, what does it mean to be a kind person? So if I'm just an average person or maybe less than kind, how do I become kind? What do I do from day to day? Well, in day to day, first of all, you need to understand you are a kind person by nature. No, I mean, uh, some people, are, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Well, I mean, by nature, right? Yeah, we all have it in us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like being kind to yourself. Yeah. It's a conscious way of choosing to wish happiness to yourself. But how do, we, how do I do that? If I were to start to try and be kind to myself, what would you recommend that I do? Okay, so let's say you're going through something, mm -hmm. a difficult time. Then you become mindful, or oh, I'm in pain. I'm, I'm, I'm going through some struggles. You, you notice, you, you, notice you, it. you acknowledge that you acknowledge you're in pain. It, you recognize it. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. And you recognize that I'm going through this. Oh my goodness, I'm in pain. And I don't want to be in pain. I want to be happy. Right. So then you really care for yourself not to hurt yourself and others. Okay. And it's very important to understand, you know, because when we go through some struggles, sometimes we tend to hurt ourselves and others. And if you can be very kind to yourself, and if you can really care for yourself now, and then that through the acknowledgement, recognition, recognizing your own personal struggles, then you would be able to release all your negativities. Let's say, for example, someone is being very rude to you. Yes. And of course, by, naturally, we feel like being rude to them as well. Oh, you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So the, then reacting to their rudeness yeah. is a way of putting ourselves into their level. Yes. So now... I understand, I go beyond that. I develop a broader perspective. Okay. And then I say, okay, maybe this person is being rude because maybe my behavior. Or maybe they're, they're thinking about something that's bothering them. That's right. So when you understand that, and then you don't feel like being rude like them. Right. So then you remain very calm. You're contextualizing their behavior. You're That's saying right. there must be a reason they're behaving like a jerk. That's right. Or they've, or they've cut you off in traffic. That's right. It happens every day, by oh, the way. Oh, trust me, I know. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, it happens because there are people who come to me and complain about that. Of course. So then I tell them, this is sort of part of what we call changing your perception. Okay. Changing your attitude or shifting your attention to something positive. 
if somebody is cutting off, then you just you could say, well, maybe that person in rush. Maybe he has to go faster to take someone who is. He's late to do interviews for his radio show, and that's why. <laughs> and that's why he's driving like such yeah, a jerk. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Trust me, it is. Yeah. So your precept is that everybody has this innate ability to be kind, right? Like we all that's have it right. within us, yeah, right? Yeah. We all have the capacity to become kind. Like you know, look at the kids. Mm-hmm. You know the little babies, yeah, and how beautifully they are smiling. Yeah, why? Because they have this genuine heart, uh, full of kindness, compassion, and happiness. Uh, so when we grow up, I think we become interested in the things out there. Yes, and our mind gets uh, corrupted. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> so now this is a conscious practice. Let's see whether we can. Uh, be mindful of this and go back to true nature of kind heart and a kind mind. And your goal is even bigger, though. You're talking about individuals, but your, your goal is bigger. What you're trying to do now yeah. is to create a kindful nation, right? That's right. And we're going to do it here in Canada, in right? Canada, yeah, yeah. So explain what that's about. Well, I believe a kindful nation is based on a kindful person, right. one individual. Well, a bunch of them, right? That's right. Well, let's say... Well, it's got to start somewhere. Let's right? say here in, in Zuma radio station, right. if you're being kind, kindful, yeah. and then people around you are going to be kindful. And when they go out, you know, they are going to spread kindfulness. Like a wave. That's right. So there are four steps promoting. Okay. Kindful nation can be built on with one kindful person mm-hmm. in four steps. Kindful behavior, yes. A kindful habit, yes. Kindful attitude, mm-hmm. and kindful mind. Perfect. So now, if you plant the seed of these uh, four steps of kindfulness, then guess what? You're growing up with a kindful heart, and then uh, people around you are going to be kindful too. And so now, imagine every citizen of Canada chooses to be kindful. Yeah. Then we will see. That's a big ask, though, right? <laughs> yeah. All of us? Uh, all of us. You know, no matter what religion, what culture you belong to, we are human beings. We have these two powerful qualities. We have the power to be mindful, yes. and we have power to be kind. It's within us. It's within us. How did you come to this idea of Canada as a kindful nation? Where did I, where, <laughs> it, Did you wake up from a dream? What happened? It was a good conversation I had with one of my friends, Michael Weldon. Okay. Uh, three years ago, I went to teach mindfulness meditation to a group of people at an uh, accounting firm in Pickering. Okay. So after the session, my friend took me to Tim Horton nearby. Yes. And then my friend made a comment, Bhante, I have been with you for this many years. You're always talking about mindfulness, kindness, and people love it. Then I, I said, Mikey, I got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> How about we calling, we are calling Canada a mindful and kind nation. Right. He liked the idea. From that moment on, I started talking about this. How can people learn more about your work? You've got a big event coming up, right? That's right. People can come and learn more about this on September 22nd at the International Center. What, so, what's going on there? Uh, well, there will be professional speakers like uh, who are experts in different subjects, neuroscientists, psychologists, scientists, motivation speakers, doctors, and of course the uh, meditation teachers who are going to speak about the power of uh, mindfulness and kindness, and there will be group meditation too, 
like group mindfulness meditation practice, group tai chi practice, and group qigong practice. Fantastic. So if people are interested in the event, they should go to Canada a mindfulnation.ca. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. We've got to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to learn all about the importance of hydration on the tonic. And now the soul segment with spiritual medium, transpersonal therapist and teacher, Lisa Marvin. Through her use of tarot cards, your questions about love, money and career are sure to be answered. Thank you for joining me for Soul Segment. This week is a celebrity reading with the tarot cards. One of my favorites, Martha Stewart, has a birthday this month. The first card that we're going to look at is the energy that has brought her where she is now, and she has the Judgment card. This card is actually one of the most dramatic and important cards in the whole deck. It means that she went through a change so big that almost everything around her changed and everything within her changed. We can probably guess what that was all about. Although it can be difficult, at the end of the day, you start rebuilding on a firmer ground. So these changes, although troubling, end up being extremely positive. The next card we're gonna look at talks about where she is now. She has the Four of Wands. The Four of Wands traditionally means the marriage card. However, it's really about making a new commitment to yourself. So she could be getting married, I don't know. But more importantly, she's gonna be making new commitments that bring even more exciting opportunities into her life. The final card is the Five of Cups. Traditionally, when we see the Five of Cups, it doesn't feel very positive because it's about emotional heartbreak. However, in this position, it's telling us that all of these new commitments and changes in her life are gonna help her get over past hurts and pains. It really brings new light and joy into her life. So, happy birthday, Martha. Thank you for joining us and looking forward to connecting with you again next week. This has been The Soul Segment with Lisa Marvin. To contact Lisa with your questions, please visit metaphysique.ca. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their Liquid Greens Chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid Greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's Unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy, enjoy the detox, enjoy the great taste. Purely natural, liquid greens. At The Big Carrot, their wellness department has dozens of products to help protect you from the sun. They carry natural sunscreens for the whole family, free from harmful ingredients. And if you get burned by accident, They carry antioxidant supplements, aloe, and other products to soothe and hydrate your skin. The Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, and non-GMO sustainable food systems since 1983. On the Danforth, and now open in the Beaches community. For more information, visit thebigcarrot.ca. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Megan Horsley is a registered holistic nutritionist, blog writer, and recipe developer. She's passionate about helping her clients discover their best selves with a holistic approach to their well-being, with delicious food, movement, and thoughts. Megan loves witnessing the transformations that unfold. 
She's a knowledgeable and entertaining writer whose first article for Tonic will be in the September issue. However, today she's here to talk about hydration. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Jamie. How are you today? I'm doing really well, and it's been so hot this summer, hasn't it? It really has. <laughs> and, and if you're not careful, you can find yourself dehydrated. Absolutely. Dehydrated. And as we talked about uh, in our last meeting, potentially with the sunburn, right? So today we're going to talk about the importance of hydration in the summer. Right. Why is it so important? Why should we be hydrated? Water is important for three main reasons in the body specifically, right? So it's important for building. It's important for cleansing. It's important for maintenance. These are the three main functions of water in the body, right? And so we want to make sure that we are maintaining that by hydrating ourselves. And in the summer, this is specific, like, especially important because we're sweating more. Exactly. We're doing more activities outside. And whether we realize it or not, we are actively dehydrating ourselves if we're not replenishing the electrolytes and the water that the electrolytes are coming in. <laughs> right. And, and you know, most people don't realize it, but you lose a lot of your fluid, your, your hydration by respirating, right? Like your, your breath, your mouth is wet. Absolutely. And I mean, yes, obviously, if you sweat a lot, you're going to lose it faster. But really, the act of living, the act of breathing means that you're losing your water. Absolutely. So the body is made up of 60% of water, right? And every single bodily fluid that we have is comprised of water. So if you think about it, if you are more active in the summer, say say you're a little sluggish in the winter and yep. you know, you're not really doing your walking outside, you're not going to the gym, you're not swimming, you know, for example, and you start to do that when it gets warm outside your body may not be used to that kind of activity. And so you definitely have to make sure that you are taking care of it by giving it the nutrients that it needs. And oddly enough, water is very nutritious for the body. Like, oh, you know, people sure. think, oh, there's there's no taste. It's boring. I, I don't want to have it every day. I don't want to drink it throughout the day. It's going to make me go to the bathroom a lot. And yep. that's annoying, right? I don't care as a nutritionist. That's the number one thing I talk to my clients about is hydration. It's the most important thing. Right. So we're talking about hydration in the context of summer. Mm-hmm. But is it really a seasonal thing? I would say yes. You know, like going back to sweating more in the summer, right? Okay, doing yeah. more activities outside. You're losing those electrolytes through your sweat. Okay. Okay. And so electrolytes, are you familiar with what those no, are? No, let's talk about electrolytes. Okay. So electrolytes are minerals. So we have calcium, magnesium. Mm-hmm. We have potassium and sodium. Okay. And we can lose those from doing, again, more activities. So we need calcium, magnesium for muscle contraction, yes. right? For breathing, the heart is a muscle. And also, when we sweat, we lose sodium and potassium, right? Yeah. Like if you were to taste your sweat, it's salty. It's salty right. Yeah. Well, no, you shouldn't. We're not advocating tasting yeah. your sweat. <laughs> Listeners, I mean, you can if you want. If that's your thing, you can do it. Yeah. But this is not a recommendation. Sorry. Carry on. So this is why it's important that we replace those electrolytes. And so how do you do that? Well, do you think we should have tap water as an option for electrolytes? Mm. I don't know the answer. I, I'm, I'm guessing where you're going question. with this. It's a I, question, it is, it's a, I, it is. I'm going to guess, no, we should not have tap water. Am okay. I right? You're right. Yes. See, that's how I got this gig. Yeah. I, yeah. Guess, I guess right on health <laughs> issues. Go on. Good job. Good job. So why is tap water not necessarily a good option for rehydrating ourselves? The issue comes down to the fact that our water is not clean. So even though we have filtration plants in Toronto that are supposed to be cleaning our water, unfortunately, we have additives like chlorine 
in there. We yeah. have fluoride, mm-hmm. which sound like good things. Chlorine, you know, kills off bacteria. Isn't that a good thing? Don't we want that in our water? Fluoride helps make sure that we don't get cavities, right. you know? And the issue is that when we have these two additives in our water, for example, they can be quite detrimental to our health. So, for example, chlorine kills bacteria. What do we have in our guts? Bacteria. Bacteria, See, right? See, I got that one right too, there, right? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and, there's good, and there's good bacteria and there's bad bacteria. Exactly, yeah. So it you know, might sound like a good thing. Okay, well, the chlorine could potentially kill off the bad bacteria in our guts. But also the good bacteria, right? We have to really consider that. So you know, if we're having tap water, you could potentially be sterilizing the probiotics in your gut. We also have bacteria all over our body, right? That's mm-hmm. the biggest part of our immune system, right? 70% of the immune system is in the gut. So if you're killing off that bacteria, you know, you're kind of in trouble. I I want to go on to the fluoride because, you know, as a health and wellness publisher, I have people approach me about, you know, the dangers of fluoride. And I have to tell you up front, I'm not anti-fluoride. And I know that there are plenty of people who read my magazine who are, and I appreciate their perspective. I personally, I'm okay with the fluoride in the water. Okay. Okay. So I'm just, I'm I'm saying that. Can you tell me why? I'd love to hear why. Tell me why. Because I, I do think it helps with you know, it's necessary for, for dental health, number one. And number two, none of the studies that I've read, and, and people have presented me with them, I found have been compelling as to why fluoride is bad. Okay. And, and so if it isn't bad, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and I'm, I'd be happy if you want to edify me, but I haven't really read anything that's convinced me that fluoride is bad. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Go ahead. So let's chat about it. So fluoride and iodine yep. are very similar. And this is unfortunately a bad thing for the body because when we have it added to our tap water, the body will use it in place of iodine in the body, right? So why is this important? Well, it's important for thyroid health. Mm -hmm. So if we have fluoride attaching to the receptor sites where iodine is supposed to go to balance out our thyroid hormones to make sure that we are creating, stimulating thyroid hormone, then... We're kind of at a loss for our metabolism, right? Iodine is very important in the body because the thyroid gland needs it to function. And so if you're dealing with hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism, iodine is a very important part in making sure that you are balancing out your hormones for optimal functioning in the body. I I understand that, but there are ways of getting iodine naturally in your food, for example, eating fish, right? So that if the iodine is in your system, then presumably the body can absorb the iodine iodine that it needs, correct? Right. But unfortunately, especially in the GTA, where we live in what's called the goiter belt. So unfortunately, our soils are at a loss of iodine. So yeah, you can definitely get it naturally from your food, right? right. So mm-hmm. you know, getting it from seafood especially is right. one of the best ways. But you also have to look at the fact that because iodine is at a low and we are inundating our bodies with fluoride through our tap water, like if we are drinking a lot of tap water, yep. you're getting more, you could argue, yep. you're getting more fluoride from your tap water than you would be getting iodine from your food. Just, no, and, right? and, I, and I can't argue against that point. <laughs> I, I'm just saying to you, my understanding is if the uh, iodine is there in your diet, in, in your diet, you're going to get it. So I understand what you're saying. I respectfully disagree that it, it is necessarily an issue for everyone. Right. But assuming it is an issue, for somebody that you're seeing as a patient, what are you recommending instead of tap water? The best source of water is spring water. Okay. It's nature's naturally filtered water. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we don't all have access to that. I mean, there, right. there is the issue of 
bottled spring water and, it's and cost, right? right? There's cost, but also increase in plastic use, right? So we yep. also want to limit that. Uh, so if if you do have access to it, there are different springs that you can go to. You can take your big glass jug, if that is possible for you. Say say you live, you right. know, you have a, a place in cottage country, right? You can go fill up. And there, there are businesses that have spring water in glass bottles. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And, and I'm sure you'd be advocating. In, in Absolutely. Those, yeah. So yeah, there are some grocery stores where you where you can get those. Another really great option, and this is something that I recommend to a lot of my clients, is the Santivia water filtration system. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. It's a six-stage system that actually removes fluoride. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> um, and that's pretty new to the market. What's the cost of that, though? So for the countertop system, which is what I have at home, if you drink a lot of water, which we all should be doing, yep. it is about $100 for the system itself. But if you compare that to reverse osmosis filtration systems where you're losing out on those beneficial minerals, mm-hmm. like electrolytes, yep. that you would be getting with the Santivia system, you know, it, it is worth it in my opinion. Okay. And uh, what about other types of fluids other than water? Do you yeah, advocate those? Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's hot and we want to make sure that we're enjoying our summer too with, with drinks that are not just water, right? So if you wanted to, let's say, make a healthier mixed alcoholic drink maybe you could try things like coconut water or maple water those are really high in natural electrolytes and uh, really hydrating for the body fantastic well that's all the time we have our little argument against (laughs) you know maybe next month we'll come back and we'll do a fluoride throwdown (laughs) or or we'll do something else hey you bring your facts i'll bring mine all right You'll be back next month, actually, to talk about meal planning and meal prep, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, we've got to take a short break, but when we return, we're going to learn how to revisit your lost passion on The Tonic. In now, time for Pure Beauty. Learn all about holistic skincare and health featuring chemical-free ingredients. Here's naturopathic doctor and co-founder of Pure and Simple Beauty and Wellness Centers, Dr. Kristen Ma. We're continuing our Garden Beauty series, and today is all about basil. While there are at least 150 types of basil, the one most of us are familiar with is sweet basil. Sweet basil is a staple of Italian cooking, and as much as it's delicious, it's also great for your skin. But there's another basil you may not even realize that you know, because it's also called Tulsi. Tulsi is also known as holy basil and is a staple of Ayurvedic medicine. According to Ayurveda, Tulsi is a rasayana. This means it's a rejuvenating substance. Tulsi in particular is a powerful antioxidant which can help restore healthy skin tissue. In fact, both sweet and holy basils can be used therapeutically both orally and topically. Eating either basil can aid digestion, making them a wonderful addition to any meal. And they have both been identified as adaptogens. This means they can help our bodies and minds adapt during times of stress. But before you can consume any in high amounts, always talk to your healthcare provider for personalized guidance. Now, topically, basil can help calm sensitive or inflamed skin. I personally like using fresh basil leaves in a homemade soothing face mask. To do this, finely chop or blend a teaspoon of basil and mix it with a heaping tablespoon of natural plain yogurt. Let this mixture sit for five minutes so the basil essences can meld into the yogurt base. When it's ready, apply this mixture to clean skin and leave it on for 20 minutes. Rinse with tepid water and upon its removal, you'll enjoy a more hydrated and calm complexion. Et voila! 
a face treatment straight from your herb garden. This has been another garden ingredient segment featuring beautifying basil. This has been Pure Beauty with Dr. Kristen Ma. Learn more and ask questions about holistic beauty and their wellness centers through their Facebook page at pureandsimple.ca. This segment should not take the place of medical advice. Always talk to your healthcare provider about personal health concerns. Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of The Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighborhoods in Toronto. It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine, and vice versa. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. My next guest, Mr. Hyde, is an artist who teaches. Formerly trained, he has a master's degree in fine arts. His style is a fusion of pop art and street art. In addition to several solo exhibitions at the Coldstream Gallery, he's also a member of the famous Bushwick Collective, home to North America's eclectic and astounding street art. His amazing work is also featured in the September issue of Tonic Magazine, as he created an art installation in my backyard that is simply outstanding. Welcome to the show, sir. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. So I brought you on the show today because as you were working uh, in my backyard on the art installation, we chatted and, and I found out that there were some amazing parallels in our lives, particularly in our career arcs. So you were formally educated and trained as an artist, but you actually walked away from it, right? Actually, yes. I spent most of my life working towards art. I did my undergraduate degree at Queen's University, and then I did my master's degree at Concordia University. I actually thought for most of my life that I'd end up as like an art professor or, you know, college art teacher of some kind. And when I finished my master's, it was just very overwhelming for me. And I realized there was a lot about what was going on with the way art worked for me at that point in time that wasn't working. So I walked away from it. When you say it wasn't working for you, what do you mean? I mean, there was a lot more around getting a job to do with teaching and also around the type of work that was being accepted at that point in time. My work has always been about the object, about the image. And art at that point in time, you know, it was very late 90s, early 80s-ish kind of idea. The work was, was more about thinking. It was more about concept. And that wasn't where I was right at that point in time. And I found it very frustrating trying to get my work shown and also trying to find a place for myself. You were a man ahead of your time, I guess, right? Yes. I was also somebody who was very resistant to what was going on at the time. I really had a clear idea of what it is I wanted to do at that point, and uh, it wasn't working for me. The decision to sort of, you know, forgive the phrase, give up or, or, yeah. or, or, or walk away. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard one, right? Like, how did you feel about it? It kind of came in stages, actually. 
it didn't kind of just happen all at once. It was something that I never thought would happen to me. And I can remember the first step was, okay, well, I'm going to be a teacher. All right. right. That was in some way step one. I didn't think that was ever going to need to happen for me. And, you know, I was a little cocky coming right out of art school. I thought, oh, the world will open its doors for me. Well, who isn't cocky coming out of school, there, right? You know. So that happened first, and that kind of was a kick in the teeth. And then I started work, and I realized I couldn't really make work and teach at the same time right then. It was too much. The learning curve was too steep. And I had a very small apartment with my wife. So, you know, there was no real practical place for me to produce these huge canvases. I was used to producing five by eight canvases, right. you know, coming out of art school. Right. And uh, there was no place for that. So I remember this one particular night. I had had a solo show that was coming up. It had all been canceled on me be- due to a, a conflict between the director and the gallery owner. And the gallery ended up closing. And I was just devastated. It was going to be my first solo show. And I thought, you know what? Forget this. This is just God telling me to give up. And I remember talking to my wife about it. And she wanted me to do whatever would make me happy. Right. And at the time, she wasn't going to urge me to keep making art. Like, people don't really do that. And my partner wouldn't do that. She wanted me to do what would be easiest for me. And she saw me struggling. So I said I quit. When I was practicing law... I was also writing a fair bit and I actually wrote a screenplay and got myself a manager in Los Angeles and, you know, took meetings down there. And I wrote a script that was actually optioned and came incredibly close to being produced, but it was shattering to me because I came so very close to having a movie made for my script and just at the precipice, you know, like, you know, and and I got paid option money, which I assure you was good for a couple of dinners and not not much else. Right. But the thought of putting so much of my heart and soul into what was a creative work and not having it reach what was necessary commercial success in order to continue going on really, really hurt me deeply for a long time. So I understand what you went through. I sympathize because the thought in my mind at that point in time was, if I'm so great and I'm so talented, why is it so freaking hard? Yeah. And it really wore me down. Let's jump ahead because that's, sure. that's sort of the, the yucky part. Right. But you came back to your passion. So well, was- I say I gave it up, but quite, if I'm being honest, I was always doing a little something, but we're talking very hobbyish, right. you know, a few pieces a year, that kind of stuff, but nothing really serious Okay. for many years. And then at some point you decided... To sort of re-energize your efforts to to making it more of a reality as as a professional artist, right? Well, actually what happened, it was when my wife became pregnant with my daughter. Uh And it was soon after, I remember for the first time I started thinking about, well, you know, here's my daughter. Am I happy? Am I bringing a person into this world? Am I going to teach her how to be happy? And I thought to myself... I need to show her how to go after your dreams and what happiness looks like. And it also happened in stages. I met some people who helped me. My wife suggested that I get back into it because she'd realized that it was something for me that I needed to do, whether I was successful or not. She kind of refocused me. I was always thinking, well, I had to be rich and famous and, you know, lauded. And the truth is, you know, you either need to do it or you don't. There's a creative urge, right? Yeah. I think, you know, obviously in a perfect world, 
you're yes. creating and people appreciate it. Yes. But for somebody who feels creative, you have to create whether or not people are appreciating it. It's for yourself. In well, a of way. course. Yes. But you do need to connect with the world. And there's yeah. the thing I wasn't doing. Like, even if I was creating, you can't just make art in a vacuum, put it in your basement and not worry about it. I needed to connect, have critical feedback. I needed to show people what I was thinking about, hear what they thought about it. And when I started to do that, things went a lot better for me. Yeah. So let's talk about how those things started to get better. So like listeners, for anybody who's out there, who's listening, who's creative, who felt like, you know, they didn't want to continue with it. It was too hard. They weren't being appreciative. How did you overcome it? Because you've got some success now. I found this little secret and it's pretty obvious. When you do stuff, momentum is created and it pushes you in a particular direction. Now, I never know what's going to happen, but I always know something will happen. And I also know that when I do nothing, nothing happens. That is for sure. So I go out into the world and I just find things that I find exciting, challenging, and I try them. And I have never put my all into something and not gotten something out of it. When I really walk away from a creative project feeling good about it, I always find that something will happen for me. And I've gotten to the point at this point in my life where I don't worry about what the next thing is. There's always something more. Social media has helped a lot. It's not the only thing that's helped. As you create kind of a, an understanding of yourself as an artist, as you create, when people know what it is you do and what it is you're well known for, people seek you out at a certain point for weird and wonderful projects. Like, like doing some artwork in somebody's backyard. There you go. Exactly that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I think you enjoy the process better than the end result. I do. That's something that you and I are very much alike. In some respects, you may be different in this regard. For yeah. me, I'm hypercritical of the end result. I'm yeah. I'm never happy. You know, on a subconscious level, I know I've done good work. Yes. But I much more enjoy the process of getting there. And I think you're the same way. I really enjoy the moment, the interaction, the wrestling. Yeah. And the only sort of map I have for that, for other people of that struggle is the finished piece. But the truth is, for me, something else is happening when I'm making it. I'm never as happy as I am in front of a piece. That's me, actually. Well, let's talk about some successes. You're with the Bushwick Collective. So so we only have a little bit of time. Explain what that's about. The Bushwick Collective is, it came out of a block party event that started a few years ago by Joe Ficulora in Brooklyn. The neighborhood is Bushwick. And he's invited artists from all over the world. So the biggest names in street art come to Bushwick and they all paint as part of his event. And it just gets bigger and bigger every year. And by the way, anybody, if you've been to New York and you've done all the touristy thing, I highly encourage you to go over the bridge to Brooklyn and check out the amazing street art that's there. It is a different New York for sure, but completely different, I assure you, than anything you've seen. Yeah. And, and now you're part of that collective, right? I am. I'm invited back every year. I'm also invited to Miami regularly. So they do other events in other places. They do sort of cooperative events. And I've been able to make a lot of contacts and work with people that just kind of blow my mind. People I used to read about years ago in Juxtapose magazine, and now I get to meet them. Fantastic. If people want to reach out to you and learn more about your art, what's the website they should go to? They should go to Mr. Hyde, M-R-H-Y-D-D-E dot com. You can also find me on Instagram as Mr. Hyde with two Ds underscore artist. And that's where you can keep up to date with me with my most recent stuff. 
Fantastic. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can download this episode as a podcast on zoomeradio.ca and thetonic.ca. For articles written by Megan Horsley and Kristen Ma, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers and 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or coming on the show, you can email me directly at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic, when we'll discuss fall immune issues, how lifestyle changes can prevent dementia, the restaurant insider tips on having the best restaurant experience, and acupuncture as a pain treatment. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.